the fact that, just for those of you who may come from different traditions, you may come from a tradition where the bishop just calls up and says, hey, we're taking your pastor and we're sending you another one. That's not how it works here. You, the congregation, elected people from within your body, you deputized them, you ordained them, as it were, to search for a candidate uh, to bring to you they listened to you, they had, uh, they're, they're going to talk about their process, but I just want you to know that ultimately you called the pastor, and that's what this meeting is about. Um, and today they will talk about their process, they will introduce the pastor, and they will also, because at this person's installation, uh, you will promise as a congregation to support them and to pay them fairly, and so part of the motion today will include uh, their compensation, uh, and that will be part of what you will be voting on to approve, um, the, the fair compensation of, this, uh, of your new pastor. So I want to introduce the pastor nominating committee. Um, many of them do not need introductions, but uh, Clark Cool, uh, why don't you all come up? Um, when I call you Clark Cool, Walter Dupree, David Ellington, Mary Flynn Nemitz, Ryan Walker, and Cease Webster, and Jane Wilkinson. And I'm going to turn it over to them to give you their report. Uh, Okay, great. It's all yours. So we're going to try to keep this to about 15 minutes or so, and each one of us are going to have an opportunity to um, speak and share a little bit about um, our candidate. But I'll get us kicked off and just uh, give you guys some context uh, in terms of where this search started, um, how we approached the search, um, and ultimately um, how we got to where, where we are today. So uh, if you guys recall, about almost actually about a year ago this month, we completed a congregation survey. Um, I think we had close to 100 people fill out a survey, and the purpose of that survey really was to um, gauge the, the health of the church and also to inquire about uh, from our members um, what they wanted to see in the next uh, pastor, lead pastor for Kairos. Um, so that was really a starting point from us. The PNC from that survey really wanted to dig in a little bit more. Uh, so we started our search with actually having some conversations uh, with a lot of you guys uh, in our community groups, individually, over coffee, lunch, uh, to sort of round out some of these ideas and questions and thoughts uh, in terms of what all of you guys wanted to see um, in the next lead pastor. So it was really from that uh, that created the lens from which we viewed and pursued the, the search um, for, uh, for our candidate. Um, we started out by networking um, a ton, spoke to a lot of, of folks, pastors that weren't necessarily going to be candidates, but that could potentially give us names of people that we should speak to. Um, we also, the Presbytery, if you guys don't know, the Presbytery, the larger national Presbytery, has a, uh, a recruiting portal, more or less, uh, whereby Kairos Church can post, um, essentially, uh, our position. 
and candidates from around the country can submit their resume uh, as consideration for us. So through the, the networking, the folks that we spoke with, um, you know, probably close to 100 folks, out of that I would say 60 were true candidates. Um, and those candidates were both male and female. They were both uh, Presbyterian and non-denominational or in other denominations. Um, from, I think, close to 10 different states, uh, some candidates as far away as California were reviewing the, uh, the lead pastor uh, uh, opportunity at Kairos. And we even had uh, some PNC members travel uh, to go visit pastors uh, as far away as Minnesota. Um, so out of those 60 candidates, I would say that we probably culled down to 10 uh, candidates with real meaningful conversations. Um, and out of those 10, um, we ultimately uh, got down to two, uh, two very highly qualified, exciting uh, candidates. And so it's been over the last, I would say, two months that we have been focusing on these two candidates. And after, um, after a lot of time, a lot of prayer, a lot of discernment, uh, the Lord made it clear, very clear, that uh, really he had one person um, in mind for us. And so going through that, we just could not be more grateful of, of how it's all come about. Uh, so the Lord has led us to call the Reverend Lindsay Lee Slocum as our next lead pastor. We got a picture of her. Uh, and so I'm going to hand it over to David. He's going to share a little bit about Lindsay's bio and background. But from my standpoint, if I had to uh, put a Cliff Notes version out there and sum it up in one sentence, it would probably be whether you are a guy or a gal, uh, if you spend 10 seconds with Lindsay, you're going to want to spend an hour with her. She is um, extremely engaging, um, funny, um, wickedly smart, and she is, most importantly, um, it's just abundantly clear her passion for pursuing the Lord, and it's infectious. Um, so, David? Thanks, Clark. Um, sorry if y'all will excuse it. I'm just going to read so I don't miss some of this stuff. But um, I think we actually have a video at the end that Lindsay goes into a little bit more of this. But um, she grew up in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, or really Lexington, just outside of uh, Columbia. She went to Presbyterian College um, and then Columbia Seminary uh, for her MDiv. Uh, she was ordained at Roswell Pres, where she served for the last 18 years. Um, at Roswell, she held many roles. Uh, here's a few. Um, middle school director, associate pastor for the children's ministry, associate pastor for discipleship, senior associate pastor, and most recently as an executive pastor. Prior to, prior to Roswell, she was at, uh, she interned at Peachtree Pres, where she met many of the folks on our staff, um, as well as her husband, Scott. Scott's been a long time uh, Chick-fil-A employee. Uh, and then Lindsay and Scott have three boys who are all in high school. Uh, what this stat sheet won't tell you, and Clark alluded to it, is just how warm of a person she is, and um, she just has an amazing spirit. And 
I think there was maybe one commonality in everyone's wish list for our next pastor, and that was a, a high re- highly relational person um, that would just continue to grow and shape this community, and I have no doubt that Lindsay will do that. Um, many of you may know the word, what the word kairos means. If you Google it, I didn't have to do this. I knew it off the top of my head. But <laughs> if you Google it, um, you'll find that uh, in Christian theology, it means that Uh, the appointed time and the purpose of God or the time when God acts. A kairos moment occurs when it's God's time to act in human affairs. I think that um, each of us on the PNC has had our own kairos moment with Lindsay, and um, I think I'll actually let Cease uh, share her moment. Good morning. Um, During my first meeting with Lindsay and some of our team, she started asking us some very meaningful questions about the importance of the Kairos community in our own lives. And what I saw her do was listen so well and then reflect back in a way that not only did I feel heard, but I quickly realized that she was using our conversation as a teaching moment. And that's when it shifted for me in terms of the, client, the candidates we are looking at. I think you'll find Lindsay's leadership style and her experience is not only impressive, um, and it filled me with confidence that our staff is gonna be well coached and cared for. She's thoughtful and deliberate without being hesitant about being authentic, which is such a Kairos thing. She's got a great sense of humor. She's humble and engaging and she talks about church as family. Her energy and enthusiasm in joining the Kairos community is simply contagious, and I, for one, can't wait for y'all to meet her. And as Cease and David alluded to, a big part of what makes Kairos special is our desire, and it was, I mean, we, I can't imagine how many times we said authentic community, authentic community, Kairos is authentic. I mean, it's a little nauseating, um, but, but it is true. It's something that really separates Kairos from a lot of other churches in the Atlanta area and abroad that this is a special place, and it was really attractive for candidates to see our focus on following Jesus daily and doing it in, a, in an authentic way, and as we started to meet with more and more people, we talked to a lot of people, um, no one fit this description better than Lindsay. And the way that she's able to empathize with so many different people, she's so talented and she can relate to everyone in a certain way. Um, her focus on, you know, she's being a head of staff at a big church like Roswell, um, we're confident our staff will really benefit from somebody that's really intentional in knowing people well, um, bringing the best out of everybody, whether it's a staff member or somebody in the congregation. Um, and yet she's so warm, she's funny, she's very bright and a great communicator. Um, so we're all really excited and, um, and it's been a treat to, to be on the committee and, and find Lindsay. So we all kind of had different roles and different personalities and things that we brought to this committee. And um, one role that I sort of tried my best to take on was bring the perspective of people who don't fit into the majority. Um, and um, so, for example, we are a majority young family church, but there are people who do not fit into that, and there are a number of different ways I think that people may feel that they may not fit in the majority in one way or another. 
Um, and so tried our best of looking at candidates, bringing in that different perspective. And that's one thing clear when the survey that Clark was talking about, that's absolutely was something people wanted, was someone that could be um, a pastor for young families. But it was also abundantly clear that people wanted this to be a space that is welcoming and inclusive of all people. Um, and so a pastor that could do that as well, no matter what that um, no matter what that may be. And um, so just, again, we've spoken about Lindsay, about her um, authenticity and her intentionality. And she's someone that, if you kind of heard a little bit about her resume, she could not be, you couldn't find a better pastor for young families, but she's so intentional that she'll do that in a way that is at no expense to anyone who doesn't fit in with that group. And that speaks to just anyone, I think, in in ways we all feel like we might be an outsider a little bit in one way or another. And I think Ryan said as well, like, no one feels like an outsider with Lindsay. And so I think she'll be such a gift to our community for that. <coughs> yes, there's another outsider. Um, <laughs> so I, I, just wanna, I just wanna share with you a little bit about my experience with Lindsay in this process and what I took away from that. Um, so we, I had a first lunch with her in Sandy Springs with a couple of other people on the PNC. And then we ended up, um, there were several other lunches with other folks, and then we ended up, she and her husband Scott came to our house for dinner one night with the whole PNC. And then that dinner was followed by some emails between her and I, two very long emails, the first of which I sent her uh, a whole collection of videos. Y'all may not know this, but you can go on YouTube. There are all these videos of Kairos over, the, over time. There's a promotional video from Grant Park days. There's a promotional video from Riverside days, from the current site. Um, th there are also, from co the COVID era, um, several testimonial videos. There are, there's one from Mother's Day, Rachel Dom speaking about her mother. Um, there are two videos from 2020 and 2021, which are Easter testimonies. And the second one, in fact, is the one I gave out in the parking lot. And it was about, it was about um, I guess, trying to find God in the midst of, Paul was in the midst of the treatment um, for his cancer. And so, anyway, um, so I shared that video and, you know, she wrote back long email. Um, and then I also um, asked her about her her um, reading authors and books that had shaped her. And she named um, a lot of people, Walter Brueggemann at Columbia was one, um, some other professors at Columbia, wide range of books, uh, books relating to ministry, books relating to leadership. Um, and I took away um, from that that she's very open um, in terms of the, the broadness of what she looks for, reads about. Um, but I wanted to share one quote, um, quotation. She said, I'm a pretty, in this email, she says, I'm a pretty good Calvinist, though I think that sometimes Calvin let the lawyer in him take over a little bit. <laughs> Which <laughs> I thought, you know, if you've read Calvin at all, you know, yeah, that, that makes total sense. He was a lawyer, and sometimes he did let the lawyer take over. Um, but finally, all of this, these, these long emails, these conversations, and then Ryan and I actually had another lunch with Lindsay, um, I took away basically that she, uh, what I see in her is enthusiasm, she's highly relational, she's very compassionate, she's open and curious, she's very interested in developing her gifts, and she's eager to learn and grow, she's excited about joining 
this community. Okay, we're wrapping it up, I promise. Um, but I just wanted to um, add to all of this. You can see that each of us came to this process with a little bit of a different bent. And we said from the beginning that if we could all find one candidate that we agree, would agree on, it would be a miracle from the Lord. And um, I think that that night when we decided on Lindsay, it was so um, compelling to me because there was no debate. There were no pros and cons list. <laughs> There was no, like, what about this? We all felt like the Lord brought us to Lindsay um, at the same time. So um, I think that we'll all be here for questions to talk more and speak more to our different attributes. Um, but I think that we've covered pretty well some of the different areas that we find her strengths. I was supposed to cover her teaching. I think Walter did that. Um, we, uh, no, no, it's good. Um, but I think for our community, one of the things that was important to us when we looked for a teacher was um, not just someone who could deliver a great sermon, but someone who would know who we are and the messages that we need to pursue our mission of following Jesus in the world. And so we feel strongly that Lindsay, from the teachings that we've heard, even with a massive church like Roswell, um, she's going to get, take the time to get to know us, um, to study scriptures, to pray, and, and to get a word from the Lord that is for us and for mm -hmm. each of us individually. Um, so we're so excited. Um, and uh, I'm gonna hand it back to Walter. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to mention, there's gonna be a, hand, a flyer on the back table when this is over that has some information about her, so you can take one of those. It'll also go out in an email. Um, and then finally, those of you who haven't read the announcements yet, the Christmas party has been moved from December 14th, a Thursday, to December 13th, a Wednesday. It's gonna be at our house, and Lindsay and Scott are gonna attend. This party is not for them, they're just gonna attend our Christmas party. So, your chance. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so, moderator, you're coming up, and then to share the remainder of this meeting, um, I'm going to make a motion uh, in that I'm going to share the terms of call uh, that we've set forth and agreed upon with uh, Lindsay. And then after that, um, you're going to open yep. it up for yep. Q&A and, and community discussion. So with that, um, I'll make a motion that the congregation extend a call to the Reverend Lindsay Lee Slocum to serve as pastor of Kairos Church beginning on January 22nd, 2024 with the following terms of call. <clears throat> we have a base salary of $110,000 plus the standard and required uh, Presbytery Board of Pensions uh, compensation going towards retirement and health. Um, we have four weeks of vacation. We have two weeks of mandatory um, continued education and then paid family leave uh, if the case uh, so warrants. So that is the motion before you. It does not need a second. Um, I was remiss. I was supposed to start the congregational meeting with a prayer, but I think it's good right now before we uh, move into questions and then a vote. Uh, let us pause. Gracious God, as we consider this report, we give you thanks and we pray for your guidance 
as we move forward. Amen. Uh, so again, it does not need a second, but there uh, can be discussion, questions, uh, if there are questions from the floor. No questions? Don't be shy. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Three boys. And Jonathan, we, uh, so after the vote, we actually have a video of Lindsay addressing the congregation and introducing herself. She will start uh, January 22nd, which is a Monday. So my last Sunday with you will be January 21st. And um, so we, and then, uh, yeah, and then you'll have Lindsay. And Colin, she, uh, one of the things she uh, said that was important for her, she's preaching at Roswell Prez uh, Christmas Eve. So that's going to be her formal sort of last Sunday or last day at, uh, at Roswell. And then she'll have a little bit of time off between the two calls. Any other? Uh, let me also just say, uh, when you're calling particularly someone uh, local, there is the temptation to like, oh, come on over and meet with this group, or we want you to, you know, before they actually get here. Uh, but Lindsay has been 18 years at Roswell, so she is holding right now, um, of course, naturally, some grief in leaving a community that has formed her, um, and uh, with equal parts enthusiasm and excitement about joining you. So uh, we need to really give her the space. She is, uh, she and Scott are coming to the Christmas party, but you know, let's let's give her the space to end well and to um, really express the gratitude uh, that she has for the gifts uh, that she's and for them to express to her. I know they are going to be very uh, sad to lose her. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy to try to answer that. Um, so Roswell Press is a very different church than ours. Um, much, much bigger. She currently preaches, I think, once uh, every quarter. But in that time, they preach four, four sermons in a Sunday. So their services are literally like, you know, she'll give a message and then get called off stage and go to the contemporary service and give a message there. And I say that just to say, I think that it will be a a transition coming from a much more formal Presbyterian church to Kairos. Um, that was across the board a really interesting part of our search is that um, we're a bit of a unique Presbyterian church. Like almost every pastor that we met wore the robe um, and their services felt just a lot more formal. So I think what we saw in Lindsay's teaching is a passion for scripture, a passion for study, um, she has a very Christ-centered teaching style, which really resonated with us. So not just a moral message, but what did Jesus say about this situation? Um, she also brought in stories from her own life, which felt um, 
very, <clears throat> I don't know, that, I think that's a little bit what we're used to from our pastors is that there's some vulnerability modeled from the pulpit. Um, and I'll let her share those stories about her life, but we also saw in her life modeling a way of following Jesus that feels really compelling and brave. Um, I would say that she is a teacher who brings a lot of enthusiasm, energy to the pulpit, um, vulnerability, search of scripture. <laughs> yeah, Walter asked her at our first dinner, what, how do you feel about the Old Testament? I really want to dig into that. And she was like, I'm ready. I'm preaching on Nehemiah in a week. Um, so, so uh, yeah, but, and I do think it'll evolve over time as she's in a new community mm -hmm. and we have a different way of teaching that's just much more interactive with our community than maybe she's had the chance to be at, at Roswell. Does that answer your question? Do others want to add to that? I just want to say I've also listened to, uh, to Lindsay preach. Lindsay, um, I think, has that uh, really great balance of she, her, you can tell, particularly if you're a pastor, that her messages are really grounded in the Bible and in theology, but um, they're accessible, right? So there's a lot, there's a lot of depth there, but ever, anybody, she makes it accessible to uh, people across generations and across different levels of maybe faith development. Mm -hmm. Jonathan. Uh, I don't think so. Ask the, ask the AV guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I'm not sure. Yeah. And that, understand, I mean, Roswell is a big church. I mean, it's a lot of people. I mean, the contemporary service was kind of weird. Sorry, shouldn't say that. It was different because it was in the dark. I mean, it, she'd have trouble seeing anyone in the congregation. Yeah. But it's, it's a different setup. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you could speak to like where you see this role fitting in the work kind of career or future experience. Is that maybe in her video? Could be. Um, coming from the corporate world, it, in hiring, one of the things you've got to look at obviously is a candidate going to fit the job you're hiring them for. But one of the things I always looked for was is the job going to be a growth opportunity for that individual? And I think, you know, according to Mary Flynn, she has been the executive pastor. The entire staff at Roswell Prez has been reporting to her. This will be a learning opportunity for her as well. So I, I think this will be a job, as you mentioned, Mary Flynn, that she's going to grow into and grow with us. Does that answer your question? I would say, and she, we'll see about it a little bit in the video, but I mean, I think it's just been really powerful to see, like, this is not something she was looking for, and it just got presented in front of her, and just how God has moved in her and put us on her heart, and just, like, we've spoken to her excitement and enthusiasm that I think really comes from the Lord in that, and it's really exciting, and I'm excited for y'all to see that. Okay, we ready to move? Oh, Did we, we have one more? Okay. The remainder of the staff, I don't know if you'll you remember, actually, we haven't, the, the, the staff, we've got um, Ryan and Marchant here, but Jan and Joe and Miriam, uh, we gave them a three-week retreat, and so they are gone. They are very sad not to be here. They already know. Um, the, the search committee made sure to tell the staff in advance. 
Um, so they are super excited um, and send their regards and their excitement. They, they are, but they were not, just so happened they weren't here today. Yes, they did have some overlap, I think, with, um, with at least. Yeah, they, they did. They had a brief overlap um, decades at ago at Peachtree Presbyterian Church. Church. I, and they worked at the same church, but I don't, I mean. Uh, right. She's an intern with Joe for a period. Yeah. yeah. They do have a history and ministry together. Yeah. <laughs> Are we ready for the vote? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, as we said, the, the call is to call uh, Lindsay with the terms of call that Clark has uh, said. Uh, we'll do a voice vote. All those in favor say yes. yes. Those opposed say no. Lindsay Slocum, let's do, or do we wanna hear from Lindsay? Are we ready for the, oh, here we go. And I am grateful and honored and excited to be the next lead pastor at Kairos Church. I am married to my husband, Scott. Scott and I are gonna celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary in January. We have three boys. Drew is 14, he's a freshman at Roswell High School. He's on the basketball team. He's in an all boys competitive hip hop team. He has a ton of energy, we're constantly chasing him. Our middle goal is Brandon, he's 16. He plays football at Roswell High School. We're having an amazing season, go for it. And our oldest is Charlie. Charlie is in the marching band, he plays percussion, very gifted. And then we have this dog named Crash, who has the most energy of all of us and is very appropriately named. So we're constantly busy and having a good time. I am currently serving as the executive pastor at Roswell Presbyterian Church. I arrived at Roswell Presbyterian Church 18 years ago. I was a newlywed, freshly graduated from seminary. I had no idea what I was doing. And Roswell has been this amazing family. They've raised me, they've raised my kids. It's been this lovely place for us to get to know the Lord and to grow in our ministry. And so I wasn't looking for a new home. I wasn't looking for a new family. I had a couple phone conversations, and one of those conversations, Pam said, just have coffee with Clark. Now, Scott and I have known Clark and Christy for a long time. We were in the singles ministry at Peachtree Presbyterian together, and I thought, well, it's a good time to hang out with Clark, so I'll catch up with Clark. And I was meeting all of these amazing people, and I would have these conversations, and I would walk away and think, gosh, whoever their next pastor is, is just going to be in the most amazing church. That's just going to be such a cool place to be a part of. And at some point, my husband and I began to have a conversation and think, wait, is God inviting us to be a part of this? Is this really a thing that we need to be thinking about and praying about for ourselves? So I've been thinking, as I've been praying my way through this, over and over again, God keeps bringing me to the letters that Paul wrote. Now here is what's so fantastic about Paul's letter. It's his job, it's been his career, his calling to build churches. He has these communities of people all over the place. And because of his connection with these communities, he's going out to do the work and the mission and the ministry of the Lord. And all the while, he's writing these letters back to his church, and he's telling them, thank you by name. And he lists out name after name after name. And what I've realized, as I'm working my way through this time of discernment, one of the things that keeps coming up over and over again is that's who you are, that's who Kairos is, and you know each other's names, and you've connected in these important, powerful ways, and because of the authentic community that you have with one another, it's calling you to go out and 
and to do the work and ministry and mission of Jesus Christ. And the world is changing because of what's happening at Kairos. And I want to be part of that as we are discerning, as Scott and I are discerning our call here, we were more and more drawn to this exciting thing that's happening at Kairos. I want to tell you about the day that Clark called me. I knew that the committee was having a time of prayer and discernment the night before, and I didn't sleep hardly at all. And all morning long, I was desperately checking my phone, my email, my voicemail, anything to see if the committee had made a decision. And he called me, and he begins to tell me about the journey that the PUC has been on and how powerful that journey is. And then, and I will never forget this part of the conversation, and then he said, and after prayer and discernment, I want you to know that it is clear that the Lord has given us your name to be the next pastor at Kairos Church. I don't know if I've ever been on such holy ground. Because even though Clark and I are not in the same room together, and the committee, the rest of the committee is not even on the phone, but somehow we've all gathered together in the presence of God, and it, it was sacred space. And somehow it is both the culmination of the amazing work that the Holy Spirit has done, but also this invitation into exciting beginnings of where we're going to go and the amazing things that God's going to be doing and, and what it looks like then for us to follow the call of the Spirit. I'm just so excited to get to know you and to do life with you and to seek after the Lord together and make a difference in the world for the glory of God. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Matt. Yeah, Matt gets to close. Who's crying? I mean, my gosh. I just am so excited for you all. Marcia keeps teasing me because I've been so excited. He's like, yeah, you can't wait to get out of here. That's not it at all. I love you all. I've been.